Blog Talk Radio. And my response to that is an error-filled strikeout machine. Hello, Nats Night. Nats Down. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from the District Sports page and Federal Baseball's doghouse on the line. Dave, a loss to the Mets. Bryce Harper loses the batting title. Blake Trining gives up a home run to a left-hander. There couldn't really be a more fitting end of the Nationals' 2015 campaign than their one nothing loss in New York today. Uh, to, to paraphrase the great Don Meredith, turn out the light, the party is over. Uh, so I think I speak. I think I speak for the three of us in that. Uh, um, I think we're all happy that this regular season is finally over. I mean, uh, especially since the first of August, all it's done is bring us. Uh, frustration and misery and um, and really just disappointment. I mean, this was a team that was supposed to contend for the World Series and uh, and through injuries and uh, attrition and uh, regression and uh, all sorts of other things. It just uh, um, was just a disappointment, really. Um, even though the Nets were still in first place on the first of August, they just they never played up to their potential. Uh, you know, fighting the injury, slogging through poor play, uh, disastrous bullpen, and then um, and then insult to injury at the end of the season with um, with the fight and, and everything else. It's just uh, uh, good riddance to the regular season. Let's get on to the off season. Let's get some of these things taken care of and uh, um, and get back to to running this franchise the way that, that we thought it was being run as opposed to um, this dysfunctional family that we ended up with here at the end of the year. Doghouse, uh, Bryce Harper entered the day first in average, OBP, slugging percentage, run scored, tied for the home run lead in the NL, NL leader in Fangraph's war at 9.4 F war on the year. But D. Gordon, where did he end up? Let me look real quick here. Three for four. Three thirty-four. 333 average on the day after going three for four. Bryce Harper doubled in his last at bat, leaving him one for four on the day with a 330 average on the year. Not bad in the end, but he doesn't win the batting title. Drops that to D. Gordon or the Marlins, a slap hitting infielder. But Bryce Harper pretty surely uh, locked up his MVP award with his last month, just a dominant September and a really good season by Bryce Harper overall. That was somewhat wasted by the Nationals finishing second in the NL East and missing the postseason. Yeah, I mean, you'd love to see Harper win the batting title. You'd love to see him put up a 10-war season instead of merely a nine-and-a-half-war season just to get those nice round <laughs> numbers and, and nice top-of-the-leaderboard things to, t- to take away as, as fans and what has you know, otherwise been a disappointing season here. But come on, 330 is pretty good for a guy with 42 dingers. And almost as many walks as strikeouts. I, I, I think he's actually slightly more strikeouts than walks now. He was even at one point a couple of weeks ago. But uh, seeing Harper blossom and, and really mature into the player that we all suspected he could be already at, at his, his incredibly young age of 22 is just astonishing. And, you know, to, to think that he's not even at his peak and, Sadly, he will probably be a free agent before he hits his peak. Uh, let's, let's just enjoy the climb up here, kids, uh, because it's, it's going to be really great. Um, all right, he didn't win the batting title. That's that's disappointing. But, my gosh, uh, he's he's just been doing so well this season that uh, I, I think it's still something we can all cling to as, as Nats fans. 
they have a 330 average somewhere in the 460s OBP. They haven't updated the stats yet, and I don't have Fangraphs pulled up. Uh, 650 slugging percentage going into today's game. Ends his season hustling out a double on a sharp grounder by third base and sliding in there. Looked like he was almost going to break his ankle. Thank God he didn't do that. But just ended the season the way he played it the whole year, hustling the whole way through, trying to get the Nationals a run and trying to do everything he could to get the Nats a win. But Jason Worth pops up to end it, and Bryce Harper stranded on the base pads to end the season. Yeah, you know, um, I guess that, that's that's as fitting as any for uh, as, as fitting as anything as any for for the Nats season there with Harper hustling out a, a double um, the other way and then and then Hartworth, uh, uh you know, with a, with a soft out to end the game. I just um, try not to look for larger symbolism in everything, but um, just a tremendous season for Harper. I mean, this guy um, obviously MVP of the league. Um, just tremendous numbers, just an historic offensive season for a player of any age, uh, let alone the idea that he's still 22 years old. I mean, I have T-shirts older than he is, and um, to, to watch him do something, um, it, it's just ridiculous. I mean, the, the maturity to play, um, you know, the the, 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 the elite on-base skills, um, his defense was solid in right field and, and going to get better as – as he plays, as he gets more innings out there, I mean, it's, it's hard to believe that, that that four years ago he was still a junior college catcher, um, and now he's playing right field in the major leagues. His his third position in the big league. So, um, just a, a tremendous season from him. Um, you know, the only thing that can derail this guy from from a Hall of Fame career is injuries, and it's just going to be uh, really enjoyable to watch him. Hopefully, the Nats can Nats fans can watch him for the next three years uh, peacefully. Um, without getting their um, agita all worked up, and you know, contracts later contracts will work themselves out. But um, but for now, the, the Nats fans can be can take solace in the fact that they've got the best player in the major leagues on their team. One more Harper thing, doghouse: three thirty average, four sixty OBP, six forty nine slugging percentage, four sixty one weighted on base average, one ninety seven weighted one runs created, a three nineteen ISO, three sixty nine BABIP. 42 home runs, 99 RBIs, falls one short of 100, uh, 118 runs scored, 124 walks, 131 Ks. What stands out for you as the most impressive stat the 22-year-old put up this season? Uh, I've just got to say what what stands out is that all his stats are impressive. Where he's not (laughs) leading the league, he's in the top five in the league in everything. You know, you have guys like Dee Gordon who steals a lot of bases and gets on base a lot, or at least he has a high batting average. He doesn't walk all that much. But you got Harper, he gets a lot of hits, he gets a lot of walks, he hits for a lot of power, he hits a lot of home runs. I mean, okay, he didn't steal many bases this year, but offensively, he pretty much does everything. And I think what's most impressive is how complete his game is and how good all aspects of his offensive game are. Okay, except for stolen bases, if you really want to, you know, be a joy-killing niggler of, of fan stats. But uh, given the relatively lower value of, of stolen bases compared to everything else you can do at the plate, uh, I've I just got to say that uh, Harper's development this year in all aspects of his intensive game is uh, is just fantastic. It, it's that across-the-board proficiency that I think is, is really what stands out. Yeah, I mean, it's rare when a hyped superstar like this actually turns out to be exactly what they said he was going to be at 15, 16 years old when they first put him on the cover of Sports Illustrated. But this season he finally did it. 
Unfortunately, Dave, it's a disappointing season. Mike Rizzo agrees with me. He spoke to reporters today, um, quoting Mark Zuckerman's story today on it. We come into the last game of the season extremely disappointed, extremely frustrated about the year. We had much higher expectations. We thought going into the season we created a roster that could have and should have competed for the National League East Championship and beyond. That's what we were built for, and it didn't happen. Myriad of reasons come into it. We're going to investigate all those things after the season when we do our postseason analytics of what went wrong. But suffice it to say, nobody's more disappointed than I am about the way this season transpired. I'm sure some fans would argue with him about the disappointment level, but Mike Rizzo and the Nationals and pretty much all of baseball thought they built a team that was going to compete for a division title at the very least, and it doesn't end up happening. The Mets come and take the National League East, and they're headed to the postseason against the Dodgers. Well, you know, things might have been different had that team that Mike Rizzo built actually played this year. Um, but the opening day lineup, the projected opening day lineup, played together exactly two games. Um, you know, people like to say that, that injuries, that you can't use injuries as an excuse, but um, but we're not using injuries as, as an excuse here. And reasons and excuses are two separate things. I mean, the, the, the Nationals for long periods of the season did not have their leadoff hitter, did not have their number two hitter, did not have their number three hitter, did not have their number four hitter. Um, Denard Spann uh, missed a large, significant, a significant portion of this season due to injury, um, primarily because he had off-season surgery, didn't rest long enough for it to heal, tried to come back too quickly, um, whether that was because he was in his walk year or he just wanted to play so bad. But, um, but the bottom line is, is that the team could have done more to keep Denard Spann on the field. Number two, uh, Anthony Rendon had, had, a, had a knee injury that was supposed to be a, a couple-day thing, which turned into a couple-week thing, which turned into a couple-month thing. Um, you know, Jason Worth, uh, you know, the off-season troubles and, and then the surgery, um, and, and he didn't play for, for, for several months. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman in and out of the lineup. Uh, plantar fasciitis is something he's going to have to deal with the rest of his career. Uh, ended up with an oblique injury that ended his season. I mean, these aren't just bit players that we're talking about. These are the first four batters in the Nats lineup, and they played together exactly two games. So, um, so yes, the Nats have a lot of work they have to do to um, to, to, to replace some of these guys and, and to, to tweak the lineup and rebuild in certain places. Certainly the bullpen is going to have to be completely overhauled. But the idea that the Nats uh, uh, underperformed um, it is really kind of silly to, to say it that way because the Nats lineup that was projected to be to challenge for the World Series this year played exactly two games together. So I guess the first big domino everyone's kind of expecting to fall here. Everyone believes it's going to be Matt Williams. Uh, Mike Rizzo said they were going to make that decision sooner than later, but we're still waiting until the season actually ended to discuss it. He actually said the discussion will start on the plane ride home to D.C. from New York today, but he said we have a process to go through. Ownership has some involvement in baseball operations. It obviously is responsible for it, and ultimately I make the final choice. Uh, there's not too many people right now saying that Matt Williams is going to be back for another season. He was Mike Rizzo's hand-picked choice, as everyone likes to say, though I noted last night more than one person has reported that the entire Nationals front office had a say in hiring him from the learners on down. And it doesn't look like he's going to be back next season, though. Do you think they're going to make that decision quickly and get it over with before the postseason even gets started so they can move on to the 2016 campaign and planning and preparing for that? Yeah, I, I think if there's going to be house cleaning, house cleaning is going to be quick and decisive so that uh, the Nats can start auditioning for uh, a, a new manager quickly. 
and start talking to people or at least making that uh, making that opportunity available to people so it's in the back of their mind even before the World Series starts. Uh, and then go into the uh, go into the hot stove season and uh, and make the changes that need to be made and wow us with with crazy deals and 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 you know who who knows whatever all Rizzo magic that we're crossing our fingers will will come about for us. <laughs> you had that quote there about the conversation starting on the plane ride home, you know, and in the back of my mind I'm wondering. Are they actually going to pay for Maddie's ticket home, or are they going to say, you know, <laughs> turn in your uniform, you know, uh, here's cab fare, bye, you know, and, and leave them standing there in the, in the, at the gates of City Field by the players' entrance? Um, I, I think it probably won't be that mean, but I expect things to happen quickly from here out. Dave, uh, Ian Desmond, that's just so mean. <laughs> it's giving me pause. Ian Desmond, Jordan Zimmerman, Denard's fan, Doug Fister all expected to hit free agency. Which one of those is going to be the biggest loss for the Nationals? I think it's pretty obvious in my mind just because they have a backup at one of those positions, but I'll leave it to you. Uh, I, I think it's pretty obvious it's Jordan Zimmerman. I mean, he's a guy that um, all he's done since he came to the Nationals is take the ball every fifth day and give them a solid opportunity to win the game. And, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, somebody, uh, you know, posited on Twitter that, you know, try to remember, uh, other than the no-hitter, try to remember a significant Jordan Zimmerman game. It's not like you can recall, you know, Scherzer's two no-nos, uh, Strasburg's, you know, a debut, you know, so, some other big games. But um, all Jordan Zimmerman did was go out and give you a chance to win every five days. And, um, and he's, he's a quality, quality pitcher. Um, he doesn't rack up the strikeouts like some guys do, but uh, all he does is pound the strike zone every night and, and give them a chance to win. And uh, I, I think somebody <coughs> cough Cubs cough um, is going to give them an awful lot of fun, uh, to pitch closer to his home. Um, but uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be um, this is going to be a completely different team next year in, in some certain circumstances. I mean, uh, I wrote a column uh, almost two years ago now about um, the Nats window with this group of players closing. Um, well, today the window closes. I mean, they are not going to resign Jordan Zimmerman. They are not going to sign, resign Ian Desmond or or Denard Spann or, or Doug Fister. All those guys are going to be gone. Um, you know, Matt Thornton might have thrown his last pitch for this team. Um, obviously, uh, you know, I, I don't think the Nets are going to bring back T.C. Jansen. You know, there's going to be a lot of turnover in the bullpen. Um, I think we're going to see um, a completely revamped bench. I think I think Tyler Moore has played his last Nick game as a national. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it remains to be seen if they hold on to Yanel Escobar, if they move him in the offseason, Danny Espinosa, what happens with him. Uh, I think there are a lot of questions uh, um, on this roster going into next season. And, um, you know, we've got plenty of time to talk about it, but the window for this group of players is closed. Uh, when we start opening day 2016, this will be Bryce Harper's team. Um, and there, there won't be any doubt about it. Ian Desmond, the longest tenured nap, will be gone. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman, unfortunately, with the injuries, has reduced him to a part-time player. And as sad as that is to say for all Nats fans, uh, it's really, the, it's really the truth. I mean, guys his age that get injured all the time continue to get injured all the time. So uh, I really have to say that this is no longer Ryan Zimmerman's team. It's no longer Ian Desmond's team. This is now Bryce Harper's team, and it's a completely different window opening. Before we wrap up, just go back to both of you one more time for your 2015 highlights. Uh, a quick turnaround, so we might have different opinions in a couple of days, but the two that stand out for me to just totally ruin your options, uh, Scherzer's no-hitters, clearly, both of them. I was at the first one, I listened to the second one, which is torture, but 
being at that first one was pretty amazing, but I'd still have to say Bryce Harper's home run streak, six home runs in eight games in early May, eight for 12 over the streak, six home runs, and just really amazing kind of stretch that he went through there, three in one game, two in the next, one in the game that followed, just a dominant stretch there and, and a fantastic season for Bryce Harper. But, Doug, has any uh, those are your highlights or anything else stick out for you from the 2015 campaign? Uh, that game against Atlanta where Aldula hit a triple and a home run to to put us ahead after the Nats were behind, what, like 8-1? to one? I can't remember how far back. Uh, that that was seemed like such a turning point, and it was the start of uh, the Nats' real tear where they were above 500. They came roaring back. They got themselves into first place uh, just before the break there, and it looked like everything was possible. Uh, I got to say that's that's probably my my moment for this season. Dave, anything particular stand out for you when you're looking back at the season now that it's officially over for the Nationals? Well, since I am the voice of doom and gloom, um, it's probably <laughs> appropriate to recall a negative memory. But um, I'm going to go all the way back to opening day, and um, you know there was so much promise on opening day. There was so much um, to look forward to. Um, you know, it was a tight ball game. And then, and then Ian Desmond decided that on a routine pop-up to second base, he was going to drift over and keep drifting and keep drifting and keep drifting uh, until he collided and the ball fell, um, and then all hell broke loose. And, and really, that kind of um, sums up uh, what I think uh, is the result of this season: is that there was a group of players that um, that ultimately ended up were tried to do too much as opposed to just play their game um, and didn't succeed. That's Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and FederalBaseball.com. Signing off for the last time this season. It wasn't supposed to end this early. I'll once again talk about how foolish I was saving the budget that we have, quote-unquote budget, for uh, postseason action because the Nationals finished 83-79 and 79 on the year. The Mets are going to the postseason against the Dodgers next Friday. Wild card games Tuesday and Wednesday if you're in desperate need of baseball because the Nationals aren't going to be playing anymore. Matt Knightley sponsored by the District Sports page and FederalBaseball.com. Dave Doghouse, it has been a pleasure talking to you all season, and hopefully we'll be back next year. Go Nats.